Hello and welcome to Backflips and Nerds, the baseball podcast with a British twist. My guest this evening, or afternoon for him, has appeared in a little under 500 MLB games in a 10-year career with the Braves, Royals and Dodgers, but that description doesn't even begin to do justice to a career which spans two decades in the game, including a near 10-year spell as a farmer salesman in his native Australia, a spell at first base, entire reinvention of his pitching mechanics and two Tommy John surgeries. Welcome to Batflips and Nerds, Peter Moylan. How are you, Peter? I'm fantastic, how are you? I'm very well man, I'm very well. Um, So we've got some uh, pretty current affairs to get into in a bit, but we'll start with a bit of a conversation about your career if that's alright. Sure man, yeah I love talking about it. Yeah, yeah, so uh, we'll start at the beginning. So you were signed in in 1996 by the the Minnesota Twins as a a fresh-faced boy, barely out of school, and you were there for a a couple of years. What what happened with the Twins and uh, what do you know now that you didn't know back then that you wish you did? Oh, <laughs> Man, how long's your list? What do I know now that I wish I knew back then? I think it's everyone's everyone's mantra is they they want to go back to when they were nineteen and and know what they know. But um, look, it was just a classic case of of uh, me going from being a big fish in a small pond to being a small fish in a massive pond, and uh, it was a bit of a wake up call for me early on um, to get over there and see how good the talent was compared to what it was like in Australia. Um, Plus, I didn't really commit to it like I, I should have. Uh, I was straight out of high school. I'd never lived out of home and um, was over there living a professional baseball life, which seems glamorous when you when you talk to the guys in the big leagues. But as a minor league guy, it's less than glamorous. Uh, and, you know, it just I had a lot of fun. But I think fun took over from committing to playing the sport. So that was my real issue the, the, the first time around. And then, as you said, was lucky enough to get a another crack after the world baseball classic in 2006 so people maybe don't know about the all of your story like pe- people know you as a, as a player over the last five or six maybe even as, as far back as, as 10 years ago but but what happened after you left the twins so I, I said in that header there that you you were back in oz playing essentially recreational baseball weren't you and, and working in pharmaceutical sales for, for a good time so what what's the story in a nutshell because i know again we could probably sit and speak for an hour about this couldn't we we could, yeah. Um, the quick version is uh, I, I got released by the by the Twins. Uh, spring training of two th- 1999, I think it was, or mm-hmm. 98, one of those two, so long ago. Um, I began by um, trying to find out what I was going to do. I was 19, um, so I started working with a bunch of friends doing pool plumbing or glass splashback installing or wow. concreting, <laughs> anything I could get my hands on to get some money. Um, and then well, I was continuing to play baseball on the side too. Um, that, was that said, Claxton then, Shield or was it just sort of, uh, you know, back? It wasn't stuff? initially. Initially it was just local club ball and then mm-hmm. it turned into Claxton Shield. Um, but I was coaching and... and um, playing and and still enjoying and having to go to work every every day like like most people do and and i had i had a normal life i had uh, i had the completely normal life and then all of a sudden everything flipped on its, on its head in uh late 2005 mm-hmm. when uh when i got asked to come try out for the australian world baseball classic team um i was content with my baseball career i thought that it was all over i thought that i'd had my chance and i'd and i'd pissed it away effectively but you were playing um, as a you were playing as a an infielder weren't you you played in Claxton Shield and you played in Taiwan as a first baseman right that's right yeah I was um I was hitting and and uh, and pitching at the same time mm-hmm. I took a couple of years off pitching because I had back surgeries mm-hmm. as well so throw that in the mix I had two back surgeries one in 01 and one in 03 <laughs> 
Um, so I, I, I taught myself to hit without any, I didn't teach myself, they just, it was a coincidence that I was able to swing without any issues. Mm-hmm. Um, so I took that one year, we decided that we needed some pitching and I uh, decided we went out to the outfield with a couple of friends and was throwing with the same sort of mechanics as I had while I was hitting and I didn't have any issues pitching. So jumped on the mound uh, a couple of weeks later and, and the, the short version is the rest was history. <laughs> yeah, and so so people who know you, who will have seen you, seen you pitching for the Braves last year and for, and for the Royals, you, you throw sidearm. So basically, you, you were like, if I, you, what you realised was if you threw sidearm, it, it didn't hurt. And as you said, the rest is history. It didn't put any any stress on my back like I had been doing from throwing over the top. So it was a it was a win win situation, and and I've managed to turn that into a twelve year major league career. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, n- not not a bad thing to, to learn out uh, learn basically by accident. So you you went and tried out for the World Baseball Classic side in, in two thousand five. Did did you go there as a pitcher? Because you know, as the story goes, you were you were a bit of a surprise call up as a pitcher, weren't you? No one was really expecting you to be on on the mound there. No, I was kind of. I made the team as a as a uh, position player and a pitcher, so I was the ultimate utility. I was Shohani Otani before he <laughs> before he showed up. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> but um, no, I, I would I would literally play first base for eight innings and then run down the right field line and throw a couple of throws to a catcher and then come in and pitch. And um, <laughs> uh, somehow I don't know how whether it's a stroke of luck, stroke of God, whatever you want to call it, but. My velocity picked up by by six miles an hour after coming back from playing pro ball. So, you know, I'm lighting up the radar gun at 94, 95 miles an hour against local club guys, and the, and I've got no idea why no one's making contact. So it just turns out that I was I was throwing the ball extremely hard. But there was no radar guns back then. We don't have radar guns at local clubs. So <laughs> then you went to the I World Baseball just... Classic, and everyone's like, "Is that is that the same Peter Moylan from the Minnesota Twins?" Exactly, <laughs> exactly what it was. Yeah. So I went over there, was was blowing up the radar gun at, at the at the World Baseball Classic, and and signed with the Atlanta Braves the next day. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Crazy, right? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you, you've spoken quite a lot, uh, particularly quite recently, about how you've your route to employment has been, you know, uh, a one-year deal here, a two-year deal there. You've, you've signed a lot of minor league deals, knowing that hopefully you were going to be the next guy off the rank when there was a, an injury. How do you right. cope as a player mentally with that? How, how do you keep, uh, keep sustainability and resilience within yourself? Um, well, it's, it's, I've got no choice, really. It's, this is what I want to do. So, um, unfortunately, this is the way that it's, the, the game is now. And even to this point right now, I've got, I've got no prospects of, of having a job before spring training games start next week. So, you know, I continue to, to do my work. I've, I've established some contacts here in Atlanta where I'm able to go and get my work done and, and, uh, and still maintain the level that I, that I want to in case someone calls and says, hey, uh, we need you. So that's where I'm at right now. I'm sort of just waiting around and, and staying fit and hoping that someone gives me a call. And if they don't, then I move on. We have the um, we have a, a tournament for the Australian team, Olympic qualifying tournament coming up in November, which I'll be ready for. Mm-hmm. And then hopefully if, um, if we can do well in that, then we can qualify for the Olympics and I'll play in the Olympics and then it'll be all over. I'll be done. <laughs> that's that's the plan. That that's that's that, the next that is couple the plan. Years okay, yeah, cool. that's right. The plan was to play this year, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but and that still is the plan. 
but um, if nothing comes, I can say that I tried my best, and I certainly I'm not just going to hand back the uniform. I'm going to make him rip it off me. So, <laughs> well, that's, that that sounds like what you've been doing all your career, and the, the exactly. story that we've just heard speaks to that, right? So, what, <laughs> exactly. what's, what's what's day to day for you then, in terms of you said you've got you've got contacts out there in Atlanta? What, what are you doing? Are you and how do you make sure that you, you manage yourself as someone who's been through a few injuries? I guess the the temptation is to be out there throwing bullpens whenever anyone picks up the phone, is it not? Yeah, it's sort of. I mean, again, it's not like where I'm having people come and watch me throw every day. It's more It's more like they know what – and that's the thing with me. I, I'm, I've been around for 12, 12 years now. They know what they're going to get with me. It's not like I've been, you know, ups and downs throughout my whole career. It's been pretty consistent. So uh, if, if, if a team sees a need for me, then I know I'm going to be ready. But mm. on a daily, daily thing, it's, I wake up in the morning, drop my daughter off at school, uh, spend the next three or four hours working out, lifting, playing catch. Uh, I'll throw a bullpen once, twice, three times a week, depending on how my arm feels. And then, um, yeah, so I'll get home about this time, pick her up from school, and the rest of the day's mine. And just on that, in terms of how you keep that focus in a, in a difficult situation, I mentioned at the top there that you, you've had two Tommy Johns. You've obviously talked a bit about your your back surgeries, and you've also had a shoulder reconstructive surgery. Um, is there a point at which you just say, "Not again"? I don't want to be doing all of those, you know, hand exercises. Well, there was a, there is a couple of times where I've sort of sat back and go, you know, felt sorry for yourself and why me and all that sort of stuff. But again. Uh, until until this year, there's always been somebody that's willing to pay me to, to continue to play a sport. So mm. it's never really been something that I haven't, I've never wanted to not do, if that makes sense. Um, as as I get older and as it, as the offers become you know, less, then I've obviously got to look at what else there, there could be. And, and um, I'm excited for that, for that part of my life because I've been doing this one thing for so long that I feel like I picked up enough skills and enough... Uh, enough abilities that i can i can transfer onto something else in life um, and what we, what will you do supposing that call doesn't come and you know fingers crossed for you that, that it does in the next couple of weeks you know there's, there's yeah. every possibility that something could come up shortly what, sure. what will you do will it be looking to the, the next thing and uh, you know hoping to fasten on with the abl and the and the aussie team in november or will, will you look at going to mexico or the indie leagues just to keep your eye on or something like that Mexico is a, a, a definite option. Um, again, it won't be anytime soon. But um, if it, if it, nothing comes along by sort of April or May, then I may slide over to Mexico to to throw for a month just to make sure that I'm still able to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, the the other thing that that's been good too is that the development of the new Rapsodo machines and and all the TrackMan machines and all uh-huh. that sort of stuff. So you, so you can effectively go and throw. And work on stuff, and and you know get all the all the information and all the data, and and you know work on pitch consistency and pitch efficiency and all that sort of stuff. So there is someone that I can where I can go and throw with those machines. So it allows me to teach myself and learn, uh, and also learn the new tech as well. So that when it comes to time that I might want to move on and mm-hmm. become a become become a coach, then I'll have all that behind me as well and is and is it is it coaching that you've got your eye on because if you're into that stuff they, they need people like you in the front office now that's what uh you know the dan harrens of this world and the burke bay right. hops are doing you know that, that that liaison is that maybe where you see your career going in the future sure honestly I, I i that could be one thing it could be it could be front office could be coaching could be any of that sort of stuff then again it might be something completely away from the game mm. i've always uh, i do own a cafe in melbourne with my best mate 
Um, so that could be something that I might want to start over here in the US because the coffee's terrible and I think I think it needs to, <laughs> needs improvement. <laughs> well, the but, coffee um, in Melbourne's very good, right? <laughs> it's it's the best in the world. <laughs> it's the best in the world. Um, so yeah, I really haven't given it a lot of thought. There are a lot of options out there, which is part of the reason why I want to stay in the US too. Mm-hmm. Um, the options aren't quite as, as as good for former Major League Baseball players in Australia as that would be over here. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Um, again, I'm, I'm certainly not stressed out. I'm, I, I appreciate everything that I've been able to achieve in the game. I appreciate everything that the game's given me. Um, and if something was to come up now, great. If it doesn't, then we move on. Um, there's, there's not a lot else I can do. There's no point just whinging and whining about it. Just You just move on and you accept it and whatever's next comes. I mean that's that's an amazing amazing attitude to have. I wish I wish I could be that that sanguine and zen when 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 adversity places itself in my in my way. Well, I've also I've also managed to have a fairly surprisingly good twelve year major league baseball career that's paid me well for the last twelve years. I'm in a different situation than most people who don't get work or can't find work. I have a little bit of financial backing behind me that allows me to take a few months off and, and you know decide what I'm going to do whereas other people most people are sort of like well we're struggling I've got bills to pay what am I going to do so I'm afforded a little bit more time than most people which which uh, has been has been huge too um, one thing if you if you look at your stats just just moving back to that and it's interesting that you you just you talked a bit about using trackman and things like that if you look at your yeah. stat lines over the course of the last 12 years and even when you were in the minors you're really consistent you know in terms right. of you know you know what you're going to get for, from from peter moylan in terms of if you if you put put you on an mlb mount you're going to get somewhere between 50 and 70 innings you're going to get a threes to low fours era and so on and so on do you feel right. that maybe that that consistency just someone who can go out and do a job is becoming a bit undervalued within the game as well? um it's not I, I don't think it's undervalued i think there's still value there i just think that it's it's you know everyone's trying to hit lightning in a bottle mm-hmm. they're all trying to find the next kid that can throw a hundred and spin a breaking ball and and you know it's it's just the the 90 miles an hour with sink and a consistent 3.5 era it's not sexy anymore in the game. and i completely understand you'd much rather have a guy out there that can punch out 12 13 14 guys per nine innings and and you know really really affected and have not have anyone put the ball in play mm. um which is strange because Everybody talks about how they want more action, but mm. they're bringing in guys that avoid action. So, yeah, it's a, it's a, the game's in a really tough spot right now. They're trying to obviously appeal to the younger, the younger viewers, and and by doing that, they're trying to find any way they can to shorten the game. But, um, straight yeah, it's, don't it's, shorten the game, right? It's, it's no, kind of exactly. a weird contradiction, <laughs> right? You've got to have the, you got to have the early. <laughs> The early swings and the early action is what is what's going to shorten the game. But look, and and I've I've watched over the last 10, 10, 12 years that the hitters are so good they don't they don't swing at balls anymore. You know they've they've just they've just got themselves into such good athletes that it's that it's just it's really hard to get guys out. Um, they uh, they they're really really good athletes and it's it's a it's a really hard game. Do you, do you think that you know you, you've maybe just been a victim of the, the change in the generation of baseball, but particularly at, at your age in the twilight of your career, that you know putting the ball in play is is not sexy, as you say. You know, right. you're, you're a guy who, who didn't have a home run hit off you for 86 straight appearances, right? Uh, and but then at the same time, if you look at Dallas Keuchel, he he sat on his schneid as well, and he's you know he's one of the best pitchers in the game, and he's a he's he a is. guy who pitches to contact, so. 
is that just where it is? You, you, you're sort of out of vogue, essentially. I'm out of vogue because of two things, my age and because of the, the, the injury slash, in quotes, injury that I had last year. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's going to sort of make teams shy away from me a little bit. Keichel, he's probably wanting, you know, in excess of $100 million, teams aren't willing to give him that. Mm-hmm. Three, three years ago, he would have been a shoo-in to get that, and I think that's what guys are frustrated with right now. Um, the other thing is, you know, these guys are reaching free agency, so they've had their salary controlled by the team for the first six or seven years of their career. Yeah. Now they finally get to the point where they can get paid, and teams are saying, oh, no, well, hold on. Your value isn't quite there right now because we've only been paying you for this amount, and that's where your real value was. So it's it's just the system is broken, and I continue to, to spin the same thing. The, the system is completely broken. You cannot have an MVP player making $500,000 in his first year and then making $600,000 the next year. Teams are getting use of these MVPs and these Cy Young guys and guys that are just completely underpaid for the first six years of their career, and they're not playing them at the end of their career now too. So there's got to be a give. There's going to be there's going to be a strike. There's there's going to be some negotiations leading up to this next CBA. And as I said yesterday, unfortunately, with my age, I'd, I'm not going to be around to you know to be able to wait around for those negotiations to get what I want. So I'm going to be 42 by that stage and well and truly out of the game. But <laughs> it's just it's just a frustrating time for these guys um, who've worked so hard to get to this point and they're not seeing any rewards from it. Is is there maybe a role for you on on that front in terms of uh, you know being a convener or being an agitator perhaps you know at your age they're always looking for for guys who are going to take on roles in in the PA to to try and uh, make that case maybe make the case with the fans who a lot of seem seem to seem to have drunk the Kool Aid really. Uh, I will never. <laughs> that's a that's a great that's a great point. I, I I will never try and convince fans that you know that these the millionaires. It's and it's the, the age old story. It's millionaires versus complete billionaires. billionaires. Yeah. So it's like you know you can't win in the fans' eyes. Um, mm. That's the frustrating part. Is that is and and I see it. You know these guys are making millions and millions of dollars, but. It's not enough. It's mm. it's the teams are making billions and billions of dollars off these guys that are only making millions. Uh, their share of it continues to go up, whereas our share of it is continuing to go down. So at some point, something has to give. You know, it's it's not just. And I hate that. Which is, this is the way we've always done it because just because it's the way you've always done it doesn't mean it's the right way to do it. Mm. So um, I think there needs to be a complete shakeup. I think that guys guys should not have to deal with the first six years of, of their career and, the, and their their wages being being decided on by by an outside an outside arbitrary guy that you know looks at the case and goes okay well you're this and you're this so it's uh, and these are total shake up guys should be free agents from the minute they get in the game um, not free agents but they should make free agent money teams should be able to control it but they shouldn't that they should be able to negotiate their contract these guys for the first three years cannot negotiate the contract at all mm. It's this is what you're going to get, and that's it. Yeah, absolutely. Is is there anything that that the players can do to try and get that point across to the fans? Because it's in, it's interesting in the context of yesterday. So Machado got exactly what he what he is worth, probably less than he's worth, even still. Right. Um, right. And I had a frustrating conversation on on our Twitter account with 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 a, a guy who I really like, and he's got good opinions on baseball. He was saying. You know, he, he doesn't deserve that. I I wouldn't pay that even for Jose Altuve. He was an Astros fan. 
And it's because, you know, Jeff Luno's hoodwinked them that he's cleverer than everybody else, basically. And so is every front office. It's the, the, the narrative that dominates now is that the, the, the front office that cuts corners in terms of finances is the clever front office. So, exactly. is there a way the players that can win that back, or, or, or do you think it just risks them looking even more petulant? The only problem that I think we have is that is that a lot of these guys, the younger guys now, like the Nolas and the Severinos, they're looking at yeah. what's happening and they're going, "Well, I don't want to wait till free agency. I'm going to get my money now," which is again well under what I would have made had I just played it out and gone to free agency in the past. Right now. You don't know. So these mm. guys are getting these these shitty contracts put in front of them and said, this is it, or we wouldn't go through the, the natural tracks. So, well, you know, who's not going to take a guaranteed $44 million mm. for the sake of, you know, and he could roll out of bed tomorrow, land on his right arm and, and never throw another baseball again, but he's guaranteed $44 million. Mm. So from that side of it, and the Astros did that early on with Altuve, and they tried to offer it to Springer, and, and you know even the Braves did it with with uh, Acuna last year. They said, mm-hmm. you know, you will start in the big leagues this year if you accept this contract. Otherwise, you're going to go to AAA, and you're going to spend a month down there, so we can get three and a half years out of you at minor league money. Or, you know, it's just the systems. It's that should not be it. You look at v- v- Vlad Jr. What's going on with Vlad Jr. now? They've already said that he's not going to start, even though he deserves it, and even though he's earned it, and even though he's good enough. We're going to keep him in AAA for an extra month because we want to get three and a half years of service time where we can control his salary instead of having him go to arbitration after the the fourth year. And it's it's bullshit. Sa- it's, it, well, absolutely, and it's the it's the same with Bryant now, where you know the the narrative about Bryant is that he's behaving like a, a petulant millionaire rather than right. someone who that was done to in the same way, right? Exactly. They're, they're all spoiled kids because they're they're fine. They're making money now, and they're still complaining, but. You know, if if you were to if you if you had a job as a plumber and you started your apprenticeship and you were told by your boss that if you work your ass off for six years and do everything we tell you to do, accept whatever we want to give you, in that seventh year we're going to pay you handsomely. And then all of a sudden you get to that seventh year and the handsome payment isn't there. How pissed off are you going to be? Are you going to try and fight to change it, or are you just going to accept it? Well, I, I would hope that they're going to fight to change it, but you, you've just got to hope that the exceptions that prove the rule, that the Bryces and the Mannies of this world and, and you know, Touchwood, the Keikles and the Kimbrels are, are able and willing to stand with those like in situations like you or in situations like people like Gerardo Parra, Cameron Mavin, right. Danny Chavria, who are excellent, excellent baseball players and they're, they're going Signing to... Signing minor league deals. Yeah, Drew Pomeranz, million, million quid. He was the Red Sox's yeah. best pitcher a year and a half ago. Yeah. And on minor league deals too, by the way. Yeah, yeah, and quite. It's non-guaranteed minor league deals. It's just the look. I, it's we could talk about this for the rest of the afternoon. I swear. But <laughs> the the the, the problem the problem that that we have is that whatever's written into the CBA is the the rules for the next five years. So, you know, teams and players are voicing their frustration now, even though nothing's going to change for another two years. It's just you know, it's it's just going to. Unless they can come up with something where I read something yesterday where they're trying to keep everything out of the media and, and all that sort of stuff. But it's just, you know, guys don't have time to wait. Guys like me don't have time to wait. So um, there, there needs to be a change in attitude across across the whole board. And, and, and I don't want to be the spokesperson for it because, you know, I don't want to be called a spoiled guy that got 12 years in the big leagues. It's just, it's, there's, there's, it's something that you can't win. I'll, I'll continue to voice the way I feel on Twitter, but I'm never going to come out and be a spokesperson for it. 
Well, that, that I think I think that's a bit of a shame, <laughs> but you know that's your, <laughs> that's your choice. I, I think you, you're right. being a pretty good spokesperson for it over the last twenty minutes, half an hour, mate. But, uh, right, you know. <laughs> yeah, look, I'm, as I said, I'm happy to to avoid, and when I get asked questions, I'm going to answer them honestly. Mm. But I'm not just going to go out there and and beat the drum and and you know try and draw more attention to what what is a bad situation. So what 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 can change? Is is it the the arbitration? Is it paying minor leaguers a bit more? Is is it uh, is, is it this is a, this tanking? Because you know, it's some... a separate issue from the minor league thing. Yeah, yeah. it's um, I think that uh, they have to throw out the league minimum thing for three years and the arbitration because there's just there's just no reason for it. What why what's the reason that an, an owner can get an MVP caliber season out of a player? And still not pay him that very next year what he's worth and what he's going to bring in for the team. Like it, it just doesn't. Nothing about this current system makes sense. Hi, you're going to have look at my rookie year. My rookie year, I threw 90 innings, 80 games, had a 1.8 ERA, and the next year I earned 375 thousand dollars. Whereas there was guys out there who had nowhere near the years that I had, making anywhere between three and. Twelve million dollars the next year, have, throwing up worse numbers than I did the year before. Yeah, I'll never get it. Yeah, I mean they, that's it, isn't it? You know the the, the PA system is is kind of loaded towards veterans. Uh, it, it's just it's always been the way, and I guess that uh, until they till they see the greater good, uh, unfortunately, we might be stuck with that. And and as I said, I've said this before in articles, players are willing to accept it. Because of the kind of deals that Pujols was able to get, he gets mm. a ten-year deal at age thirty-two or whatever it was. Mm. Like it, the deal doesn't make sense, but unfortunately, that's the system that you created. So the guy's going to want to get paid because he hasn't been paid for the last six years, and he's been putting up numbers that were extraordinary. Mm. So unfortunately, whoever the the team who gets him early on is the lucky one. The team that gets him for the next ten years is the one that's going to get screwed every time. And then he becomes the argument back in the other direction when, when exactly. people are like, "Well, Manny shouldn't have got ten years because because Albert Pujols has been rubbish for right. the last three. Like he was even Manny's twenty six though. Yeah, exactly. That's right. yeah, yeah, but and Albert was even good for the first four years with the Angels. I mean, he wasn't. Quite what he was. Yeah, he wasn't quite what he was in St. Louis, but he was still a great player. Yeah, he just so, can't move around the way he does the, the <laughs> way he used to be able to, and because he's freaking forty two years old. What do you expect? <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, um, let's 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 sort of move on from that one because I, th- I think you you've you know you've been outspoken about this on Twitter. You, you've been outspoken in articles. I want to turn yeah. it round a bit to a, to a bit more of a, a positive story and talk a bit about baseball in Australia. So you've you've obviously been been involved in that for a long time now, and the game yeah. is is probably a lot different to it was when Peter Moylan, the seventeen year old kid, signed for the Minnesota Twins. I, w- I would say. Yeah, it is. It's um, it's not different. Uh, the the league is is I feel like it's starting to get some traction. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't in, I wasn't involved in the league last year, but with the addition of the Korean team and uh, a New Zealand team, it looked like it, they had a little bit of success. Uh, I am privy to some conversations that the players are able to have amongst players, and and you know there's still there's still some work to be done over there. But I think the general direction that the league's going is is a positive one, and um, I hope it continues. Um, and I hope with the success that we can hopefully, I keep saying hope a lot, but the, the potential success we can have in the Olympics and, and the, the qualifying tournaments mm-hmm. could hopefully bring some more attention to the game in Australia. 
And how important is that league? You know, you, you play Claxton Shield, you've played IBL as well over the years, just to just to keep yourself sharp. How important is that competition, particularly for the young guys, as as a, as a showcase? It is. Um, it's also important for guys. I feel like it's it's more important for guys that that maybe were missed through mm. the national championships or whatever it happens to be. It gives a guy a second chance to who might be eighteen, nineteen, and never got signed to continue to play and continue to hone his skills and see if there's an opportunity out there for him. Um, the beauty of having Korean teams and a New Zealand teams is that it opens up a whole world of, of opportunities instead of just it's either Australia or the US. Mm. Um, a lot more, a lot more guys are coming over and, and uh, coming to college over here, uh, experiencing that. So, I, which I would, ex- I would recommend that any kid does. Um, I think the college experience really sets you up for 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 life, um, and it gives you a chance. Because the problem with Australian guys is they develop so late. So, mm. if you sign young as an Aussie guy, you come over. You get you two or three years. You haven't really fully developed, but they haven't seen what they wanted to see, so they get rid of you. Um, whereas if you go to college, you can get into a college system. You can get bigger, stronger, really show your true potential before you sign and play pro ball. Um, so I think for an Aussie, that would be the that's the best way to go. But the league itself, yes, it is it is very important, um, and it's it needs to continue and it needs to continue to build. So I wanted to ask another question in the context, in a similar context. So obviously I'm I'm speaking to you here from from the UK, where we've got our our first international series here in, in June this year, the Red Sox and the Yankees. Love it. Yeah. So how important was the the series between the the Dodgers and the Mariners for you for you <laughs> Dodgers and Diamondbacks? Sorry, for you guys ten years ago. I guess that that gave the whole sport a shot in the arm back then. It did. Um, it, it, it generated a lot of excitement around the sport. Um, and obviously the two games were completely sold out. Um, I wish they could do it more often. Um, you know, the, they opened up the Japan series uh, a few years in a row, and, and but the sport's always been popular in Japan. Mm-hmm. I feel like with, a, with another couple of, of, uh, of games like that in Australia, in a different city maybe, it would really always raise the awareness and, and it would get younger kids involved. Whereas right now they all the the best athletes go and play Aussie rules football, or they go and play cricket, or they play rugby. Mm. Um, you know, I'm trying to widen their eyes and say, listen, there's there's a whole there's a whole different sport where we can actually play in Australia, and you can get to the point where you can be playing against the best in the world, and it's it's not that unattainable. <clears throat> so it's 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 a really really important opportunity. I mean, so it's, I guess your 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 point is that it it could and should be the same for us here in the UK, where. I have I hope to say so. the, the standard isn't isn't quite as high as even I guess Claxton Shield was this time fifteen years ago. Right, but you guys are developing too. You know, yeah. I don't think I don't think the sport was even popular in the UK at all for for the longest time. Mm. Um, you guys fight against cricket as much as we do, <laughs> um, but you know it's it's I think it's more exciting than cricket. I think it's I think it, the cricket fans that can watch baseball and, and, and appreciate it I think are, are the ones that you need to try and, try and grab a hold of, um, but. I'd love nothing more than to come over to the UK and show you guys how to play the game properly. It'll be it'll be fun. <laughs> that's, that's just a typical Aussie attitude, though, isn't it? I just want to come over there and teach the Poms how they do it, right? <laughs> uh, look, you guys can teach us a lot about cricket right now. Don't worry about that. But I, I think think any European team that wants to come over or wants to learn how to play baseball, I'm 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 all for it. I think we need to spread the word and get get more teams involved than just Japan, US, and Venezuela. Yeah, that, that's what it is. Yeah, career, career is one, and, and that's pretty much yeah. it, right? It's that, it's that Pacific yes. Rim, and it's uh, Venezuela. We're we're actually ranked number seventh in the world right yeah. now. So hopefully, 
hopefully we can continue that because it's only the top eight that qualifies for the Olympics and I'm sure you're aware. Um, so we're, we're, we're going to be fighting balls to the wall to try and keep that spot and, and represent Australia at the Olympics. So what, what did you make of your uh, your Premier 12 draw a couple of weeks ago? I thought it was pretty kind to you, to be honest. Um, Korea, Cuba, and who's the other one? Canada. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's... <laughs> they're, they're all good. They could all... They're everyone all... could beat anyone in baseball. In, in, in That's one, in the beauty of baseball, right, isn't it? You can have a guy, you can all of a sudden have on paper, you got the best team versus the worst team. And if three out of, three out of the nine guys decide that they can have a shit game, mm. anyone can beat anyone. So you're right. I think, um, I think the guys are... And half the guys are going to be playing over here for the year anyway. So yeah. they're, they're going to be in, in the best form they can be. Um, we have the advantage of not having a lot of guys on major league rosters, so mm-hmm. 90, 99% of the guys that, that are eligible to play can play for Australia, which is which is also good. Mm. Um, but yeah, Just I think Leo it's going to be... Right. You're going to miss your opener. Maybe you can well, play that role. Well, <laughs> he'll... Uh, you know, I don't even know how it works. I know that you can't play in the Olympics if you're on a 25-man roster, but I'm not sure how it works with the qualifying tournaments. Um but yeah, no, Liam. Liam would be huge. Um, yeah, I think he's the only one, isn't he? Wow. To, to my recollection, right, right at this moment, surely, yeah. surely that there's going to be two because because you're going to be another one. Um, I'm sure, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm sure they can, so. <laughs> they can carry it through. I, well, I, I, we've had um, had Travis Blackley on the podcast before, and uh, it, it right. hasn't brought him any luck, I'm afraid. But maybe <laughs> maybe, maybe you'll uh, maybe you'll do better. You'll do better than. Uh, <laughs> We'll see. I, mean, I was just speaking to Trav the other day. Actually, it's uh, it's funny you mentioned him, but um, yeah, he's 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 grinding out in Australia right now too. He's just had a good season with the Brisbane Bandits, but um, he's in the same situation as me, sort of just just waiting around. But he's also trying to get his visa to come back over here to see the birth of his child. So, oh well, that that's pretty important, right? <laughs> it's a little more important than, yeah. than me just trying to find a job. You would be surprised how uh, how regularly that man comes up in conversations about baseball. He seems, he seems to seems to have his uh, his tentacles everywhere. <laughs> he has. He's he's been, well. He's been everywhere. He's had to he's had to fight and try and play everywhere. He's played Japan, Korea, Mexico, everywhere. Yeah, he certainly has. Um, maybe maybe that's the next next stop for you. Is, is taking a leaf out of his uh, globe trotting book. Maybe you can come over and, and play in the UK. I think I think you might do quite well in our league. <laughs> I would hope so. I'll tell you that. I would. I, I hope I'd, I'd be alright at it. I'd, I could probably hit back then too. How's <laughs> the has the standard of hitting over there? Is it alright? Um. Yeah. Pro- you probably could. When was the last time you picked up a bat and swung it in anger? I swing it every single day. Oh well, there you go. Definitely then. <laughs> You're yeah, in. It's the, London, of... the London Mets have just offered you. I don't know. Um. Three cans of coke and a, a fish and chip supper. Uh, are you in? Beautiful. Done. <laughs> Sign me up. It's more than what I can get over here right now. Well, yeah. It sounds like it. I'm afraid. Um. <laughs> okay. Uh, now that we've we've signed you on uh, to British baseball uh, for the for Beautiful. the coming summer, that's the the final exclusive for this conversation. I would say, Peter. So <laughs> it, all, all that all that remains for me is to, to thank. Thank you very much for your time, your candor, and uh, your, your uh, support over the last half an hour. Thanks very much. Uh, it's my absolute pleasure, mate. Anytime. We'll talk anytime. Cheers, man. Speak again. All right. See you. Bye.